This episode is brought to you by Top 4, a party game that you can play on your phone. Get to know your friends by debating trivial topics and hot takes. Perfect for your next virtual happy hour. Play for free at top4.io. Hi, uh, my name is Lewis Nelson. I'm a longtime friend of Harrison's. Uh, I'm here today to talk about uh, the great state of Texas. Fantastic. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Harrison Stammel. Each episode, I talk with someone I know about something that they're passionate about. And today, I catch up with my good friend, Lewis Nelson. Lewis is originally from Evanston, Illinois. He later went to college in Washington, D.C. And now, he lives in Arlington, Virginia. So naturally, he's going to tell you all about Texas. I could go on. So, Lewis, why did you want to talk about Texas? Um... I want to talk about Texas because it's a state where I've spent a lot of time over the last five, seven years, something like that. My wife is from Texas, and so I like to say uh, that I'm a Texan by marriage. And it's a state that uh, really came to sort of defy uh, the conventional wisdom. I'm like you, Harrison. I'm from Chicago. And uh, I think people get this idea of, of Texas as sort of this like root and tootin, like square dance of a state. Um, and certainly there is that, but it's a really diverse state. It's got some of the best food. It's got my favorite restaurant in the world. It's got my favorite bar in the world. I, I think it's, uh, there's such a diversity there, even among, you know, you drive three or four hours to a different city, five hours to a different city. Um, and it's a totally different vibe, a totally different culture. And I think the other thing to keep in mind is, is that people, I don't think even really understand how big it is. Uh, you know, to drive from where I live in the Washington, D.C. area to Chicago, that's about 12 or 13 hours. Uh, to drive from one end of the state in like El Paso, Texas, that's the western end, uh, all the way to like Beaumont, Texas, which is in the far eastern end, east of Houston, close to Louisiana, that's about 12 or 13 hours. Uh, it, it takes, uh, the state is gigantic, and to drive out of it in any direction, um, is is like a remarkable endeavor. It just sort of keeps coming at you in waves. It's like trying to it's like trying to swim across the Pacific Ocean. It just goes forever. Um, I mean, I know that I know that this is a huge state, and everything's big in Texas. Those are the two things I know about Texas. So I was thinking that for today's episode, we could break it into smaller chunks and just talk about specific regions or cities, just to help make this a little more digestible. Does that work? Sure. Why don't we start by talking about Houston? Yeah, and I think that's a great place to start. Uh, Houston is the place that I probably know the best uh, anywhere in Texas to the extent that I know anywhere in Texas especially well. But it's a place that's really near and dear to my heart. My wife's family lives in, in Houston, so I've spent a lot of time there when we go visit them. And it's also, uh, I think, a place that uh, is perhaps sort of the most misunderstood. Houston. Uh, for one thing, is the most diverse city in the country. Uh, I might be talking on my butt on that one, but I'm pretty sure that I've seen that on on CNN and some other places. Uh, but it, 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 if it's not, it's certainly up there. It's the most diverse place I've ever been, and I've you know only ever lived in in you know, really diverse, uh, wonderful places. But uh, Houston's on a different level from that. It has my favorite restaurant in the world. It has my favorite bar in the world. Probably like three of my favorite bar, three of my five favorite bars in the world. And this is a good opportunity to talk about Tex-Mex food. Yeah, please. I think 
I think Tex-Mex gets a bad rap because uh, it's not Mexican food. Uh, and people think, oh, oh like Tex-Mex is gross because it's just like shitty Mexican food. And, and I don't think that's totally fair because I think Tex-Mex is its own, is its own thing in the, in the same way that I think sort of like the Americanized Chinese food is its own thing relative to the Chinese food you would get in, in Beijing or something like that. Um, uh, you know, things like uh, queso dip or um, flour or tacos with flour tortillas on them and things like that, um, that are, you know, very non-traditional in almost all of Mexico. You get flour tortillas in some of the northern parts of Mexico, but for the most part, that's, that's sort of a very American thing. Um, but uh, Tex-Mex rules. And does that include chilies or is chilies like just trash compared to, to real Tex-Mex? Well, look, like you're not going to get me to say anything bad about Chili's. That's like, Chili's <laughs> is a fine institution. You love a good Corona Rita. I love a good Corona Rita. You know, when they stick it upside down in the frozen margarita, yeah. is there any, you feel like a king. It's, it's, I'm like Marie Antoinette, you know, it's like, ah, like, you know, let him eat cake. I'm going to sit here with my frozen Corona Rita. Yeah. Uh, but if you, if you really want to feel like the true prince of Tex-Mexico, what you want is to go to Ninfas in Mexico and you want to go to the Ninfas on navigation. Uh, this is the place that claims to have invented fajitas. And this is one of these things where like, there's no way to know if that's true or not, but I swear to God, the fajitas, it's like, they're like the Ninfas fajitas are up here. And then every other fajita I've ever had still excellent, but like, it's, it's like nowhere near as good. They're incredible. They have, like this like old Hispanic woman in front making the tortillas. It's like, she's like the grandma of the whole restaurant. It's (laughs) incredible. They're like perfect. They come out hot. They're fresh. It's unbelievable. They just, uh, they have like a whole new bar program, incredible margaritas, everything. It's like the best restaurant in the whole world. Uh, And you want to talk about Chili's. It's probably priced like eating at Chili's. Oh, that's what I was going to ask. Should be this food should be priced way more expensive than it is. If it was in New York or here in DC, it would be so expensive. Um, but one of the great joys of Texas is that things are relatively uh, very affordable. Uh, and so that's one of the best things about it. But man, Nymphas on Navigation, incredible. Uh, and is that also your favorite bar or is that just your favorite restaurant? You have a separate no, favorite so- bar? Harrison, it's like we're thinking the same thing here because my favorite <laughs> bar, my favorite bar in the world, there's this phenomenon that I've never seen anywhere else in, but in Texas and really only in Houston of uh, bars that aren't really bars. They're called ice houses. Uh, and I presume that it used to be a place that like it comes from like when there wasn't really refrigeration and you had to go get big blocks of ice to like keep things cold in an ice box. Um, and so my favorite bar in the entire world, big shout out if you're ever in Houston, Texas, the West Alabama Ice House is the most spectacular place to have a beer in the entire world. What's the vibe? Uh, What's it like there? So it's it's basically all outside. Like there's not, it's sort of like a big lot with picnic tables and some of it's covered, some of it isn't. There's TVs kind of mounted on the inside of the covered part 
And when they close for the night, they just sort of like drop the window down on the bar area. And then there's just picnic tables kind of out everywhere. There's a basketball court in back. Uh, and you just and you just hang out and it's unbelievable that you know you get uh you know like tall boy beers for like three or four dollars or something like that lone stars which is like the texas regional shitty beer it's like old style in chicago or rainier in in seattle or or uh it's it's like pbr or something like that i think it's all pbr that they just put in different cans um (laughs) but the big upside there is that across the street from that is Tacos Tierras Calientes, which is this little food truck that never moves. And these are actually, this is actually the best bargain you can never get eating anywhere. Uh, it's like the best tacos in all of Houston. Uh, and the, they're like a buck a piece or like a buck 50 a piece. It's unbelievable. You get them, you bring them over, you have your, you bring them across the street back to the West Alabama Ice House. You have your beers, you have your tacos, you're happy. They open at like noon, uh, but really, they might actually open at like 10 or something like that. I don't know, because every time I've been there, even in the morning, if I'm getting tacos, like breakfast tacos or something like that, there are always people like who are apparently regulars. I don't know. There's just people who just hang out at the, at the empty bar waiting for them to open until they are legally allowed to sell them beer. Uh, and, and it's just sort of allowed. I don't know. Um, it's the it's the best place, Harrison. I hope we can go someday. Yeah, now it's you're the, making me, you're my mouth's watering right now. I want some tacos and some beer in a big lot. Tacos here is calientes, and and it gets really hot in Texas. If you go in the summer, if you're there like June, July, it can kind of that part can kind of stink. It's really hot, really humid. But if you're there, they got big fans, got tacos. You got to drink your beer a little faster, so it's cold. And you're just hanging out, baby. It doesn't matter. You're just, you're, you're a little sweaty, but it's okay. Everybody's a little sweaty. So my vision of Houston is now great Tex-Mex, really fun outdoor bars, and a lot of diversity. Is that true for most of the Gulf Coast region, or are there other traits of this area that you wanted to cover? Yeah, so I think before we get to the Gulf Coast, I think, and it, we'll just even just do like a drive-by on this, is that like, I didn't even hit on like, there's a huge uh, Vietnamese population in Texas of, there was a big uh, wave of refugees from the Vietnam War and a ton of them settled in Houston because the climate is very similar and there's a big fishing industry because you're not so far from the ocean. Uh, uh, And so a lot of them settled there. There There's a huge Vietnamese, huge Southeast Asian population, huge Indian population, huge Pakistani population as well. Um, So just the, the diversity of food, obviously a huge like, African-American soul food population as well. The diversity of food there is incredible. And the best part about it too is that you're only 45 minutes away from the beach. You can go to Galveston, which is uh, for a long time was actually a bigger city, was a bigger deal of a city than Houston was. uh, And it got hit by this like giant hurricane. Uh, This was before they named hurricanes. So it was like, the great hurricane of 1918 or 1925 is sort of the, the early, the early 1900s, uh, you know, the, the 1910s, 1920s, somewhere in there. I probably ought to know better if I'd done some research before coming on your podcast. <laughs> uh, and, and it got, it got uh, just decimated in the way, sort of in the way that like hurricane Harvey hit Houston. Uh, but 
it was a direct hit on Galveston and there, there just wasn't sort of the infrastructure like there is today to rebuild or uh, bring it back. And so Galveston almost completely emptied out, but it's still got all these beautiful old turn of the century homes. It's, it's got this, um, it's sort of like, like worse New Orleans sort of in the, in, in its style, uh, if that makes sense. Um, but you're right there. The beach is right there. It's this, it's this, lovely like quirky little beach community and then if you go further south down the gulf coast you can get down to um corpus christi texas which is this other like lovely like uh, it's like a fairly big city but uh you get out on the barrier islands right along the gulf coast and it's uh this like beautiful beach area that like I, i i i again i didn't really expect it to be like that uh, and I've I've been down there with friends who didn't really know what to expect, and you get down there, um, and it's just like a spectacular beach to visit. I don't know if this is a thing anywhere else, but in Texas, this seems like a very Texan. You can drive onto the beach, um, which I've never seen anywhere else. But people just drive their trucks, SUVs, whatever. Sometimes they drive like their little Toyota Camrys or whatever, and they get stuck in the sand. But people just sort of like tailgate on the beach. Uh, which is always really fun. It's also always really fun when people like park below the high tide line and then their car, like they have to go like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, and move their car when the tide starts coming in. Um, and so I think that's, that's another thing. And that's another instance where um, it's kind of a pain in the butt to get down there. But once you're down there, uh, getting to the beach is so much cheaper. Uh, like beachfront property down there is like to buy a house like on the Gulf Coast on the beach in in Corpus Christi, Texas is probably like seven or eight hundred thousand dollars. I would bet maybe a little bit more, but not a lot more. And that's like what a that's like what like starter homes cost in a lot of cities. And in a lot of cities, you can't even get a house like that. And so. Those are really wonderful. And then if you want to go visit and like rent a house or something like that, it's like a perfect, like, it's like a great beach getaway. Again, you got to get there, which usually imply like requires like flying to Houston, flying to Dallas, and then changing planes. And it's a whole pain in the ass. But once you're there, like beaches, big time slept on. Uh, Beaches, Gulf Coast and Texas. I think Texas has more coastline than any other state except for maybe Florida and California. Oh, there's no way to know for sure. There's there's literally, there's not a way to measure it. Yeah. I'm... So it's funny because that's an example in which, to, to your point from earlier, you said that the vision, the, the reputation that Texas has doesn't always match up with your actual experience there. And for me, my vision of Texas is based on Friday Night Lights. It's based on cowboys and ghost towns and yeah i i guess i'd never really think about the gulf coast or those beachfront properties and that kind of culture and lifestyle and it just goes to that point that you were making earlier about the diversity of texas um are there other points that you wanted to share about the gulf coast before we talk about uh another city in texas no i think it's actually a great so from there so we're sort of moving um like you go Houston and then you go kind of East Galveston, you go South to Corpus Christi, and then you go kind of back Northwest a little bit and you get towards like San Antonio and Austin. 
Austin, so like this sort of running joke about, or not the running joke, but uh, the line about Austin that people talk about is that uh, people call it uh, like the blueberry and the tomato soup of, of Texas, uh, because Austin <laughs> is sort of famously this like funky, like liberal hippie town. Keep Austin weird. Keep Austin weird. It's like, you know, it's like Portland or I don't know, Madison, Wisconsin, or it's, you know, it, it's like, uh, it, it's like, a, it's like a college town. It's like a state capital. It's, it's this funky town. And I think Austin is probably the place where, uh, where most, where more people know about than, than most other locations. It's the, it's Austin is probably the place that if you're not from Texas, you're probably the most familiar with, because I think it's the most, um, visitor friendly. It's a place that draws the most people that, you know, people call it the live music capital of the world. Hmm. Uh, which, which is, it, it obviously has this like wonderful nightlife thing. There's this wonderful place where I've been with you, Harrison. Yeah. You got married in Austin. I got married in Austin. That's right. And one of the nights before we got married, we all went out on the street called rainy street, which is this one block of all these sort of like one story bungalow houses that have all been turned into bars. Uh, and it's just this like really cool place to hang out. Every bar sort of looks the same from the outside, but on the inside, they're all totally different. So it's a wonderful place to visit. Um, but I think everybody knows about sort of the Austin nightlife and the, and the bar scene and things like that. Um, it's a bachelor party destination. It's a bachelorette party destination. What are some things about Austin that might surprise uh, the people who haven't been before? Yeah. So I think that, that, you know, people call it, people say it's a live music capital of the world. Um, and I think I think Austin and uh, to a lesser extent and Texas to a greater extent um, gets tied in a lot to to country music. Um, and I think a couple things on that. One is that um, there's sort of a subgenre of country music that is sort of like Texas specific music. I'm not a big country music guy. I don't think you're a big country music guy either. In the summer times, I am. But I think there's there's like a subgenre that's sort of like Texas, sort of Texas specific country music, not just in sort of the subject matter of the lyrics, but in the sound and the performances. And I often find that to be a little bit more enjoyable, maybe not surprisingly, because I enjoy Texas so much. But I think there's this also sort of this a broader array of of Texas music that. Uh, sort of uh, is sort of maybe rooted in country music but extends beyond that um there's a guy whose music i've really sort of fallen in love with whose name is robert ellis uh he writes a fantastic song called nobody smokes anymore which is a great premise for a song it's about just like everybody gets really everybody's really serious nobody wants to have fun everybody wants to everybody is like nervous about dying <laughs> nobody smokes anymore Nobody smokes anymore, you know. So he says, uh, nobody smokes anymore. I guess I'll be the only one who looks good in pictures, which is a great line in a song. Uh, highly recommend. Robert Ellis, nobody smokes anymore. Um, and so I think the, like, the, that the music scene extends well beyond country music, even if it remains sort of Texas-specific, is one thing. Um, a second thing is that... Uh, Austin, in addition to being sort of a wonderful a food city in its own right, um, 
but Austin is sort of like the, the Silicon Valley of Texas. There's, you know, like 500 people a day move to Texas or move to Austin or something like that. Like it, it's growing at sort of like an unsustainable pace. It, it's ridiculous how much bigger it's getting. Um, but in Austin, outside of Austin, around Austin, uh, there's a lot of wonderful barbecue, which is one of the other most important things that I love about Texas is that um, I love, 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 love barbecue. Everybody likes barbecue. Uh, that's not a real hard sell, but I love sort of the Texas culture around barbecue. I like going to sort of the, there's like the famous places you can go to. You can go to Franklin Barbecue in Austin. Everybody knows Franklin Barbecue. You, you hang out in line. The food there is is wonderful. It's great. Um, but I also love going, like you can drive like 45 minutes outside of Austin and go to uh, a little town called Lockhart, Texas, which is where they have some of sort of like the oldest, most storied barbecue places. And they're all within two or three minutes of each other. Two of them, uh, Smitty's Barbecue and Black's Barbecue are like around the corner from one another. And it's just like, one of the happiest days of my life as I went out there with a buddy of mine <laughs> and, and a few friends of us. And we just went, we went to all three yeah. and you go and you have a little bit from one, then you go to the other one, you have a little bit from the other one. And then you get to the third one and you're like, Oh God, I feel like garbage, but I'm like, I'm going to eat this anyway. <laughs> like, oh, I'm glad I did. Cause this was really good. Um, and it's just like, and you're out and you're out in the hill country a little bit. Um, which is a great opportunity to talk about the Texas Hill Country too, because I think people think about um, the different, you know, people think of, uh, when people think about Texas, I think the, sort of the landscape that they most often think of is the is the Texas Hill Country, which is a sort of like rolling, not quite desert, but kind of like scrubby, foresty kind of a thing. Uh, and, and for whatever reason, um, I've always found that really beautiful. I think it's I think it's a wonderful a wonderful place to visit, and um, to the extent that you can get outside of Austin, Austin's wonderful. Go hang out as much as you can there. Um, but if you have the opportunity to get out of Austin, to get out into the country a little bit, the hill country, visit some of the smaller towns. Highly recommend Green, Texas. G R U E N E. They have a awesome. Uh, a dance hall there called Green Hall. It's like an old timey. That's a very country music kind of thing. And did you just visit these places in one trip, or like, how do you know all these places around Austin? I didn't realize that you were an expert of the hill country as well. Yeah, so the hill country is sort of the area around in between Austin and San Antonio. My wife's family for a while lived in San Antonio. Uh, we got married in Austin. We've been to Austin a bunch. Uh, and so I've spent a lot of time driving between the two. Um, and frankly, I mean, you know, my my wife knows her way around a little bit and knows where she wants to visit and knows where she wants to go. Um, and so to to get out of the cities a little bit and to, to especially get, get to explore the hill country is really wonderful. It has this, a lot of the cities have these, have a lot of German influence. Uh, places like Fredericksburg, Texas, or New Braunfels, Texas, um, uh, where a lot of German immigrants settled. And so they have like big Oktoberfest celebrations and things like that. They're really wonderful to visit. But really the place to visit, I think, is Green Hall in Green, Texas. It's this like 
it's it's like it's sort of like you're in it's like halfway between feeling like you're in a museum and halfway you're feeling like in an exhibit at epcot um because it's sort of unbelievable that a place like a, this uh continues to exist uh but it's 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 just sort of far enough off the beaten path um that it's tough to get there but it's big enough and historic enough that there's always live music. Sometimes they get like really cool uh, country music acts or just other kinds of acts. Um, it's intimidating to go there because I'm a terrible dancer just in general. But to be there, you have to know how to two-step, which is a whole other, <laughs> a whole sort of specific kind of dancing where I always disappoint my wife that I can't do it. But uh, it's worth a visit. Go have a, have a beer, have two beers, wear cowboy boots, dress up. It's the best. Um, but yeah, man, the hill country outside Austin, around San Antonio, beautiful. You can't beat it. And San Antonio, so I know that Becky's from San Antonio, or was, and I guess I'm curious, what is San Antonio most known for? Yeah, so San Antonio, I think, is probably most known for, like, if you ever watch an NBA Finals game with the Spurs, the thing that they always show is the San Antonio Riverwalk. And everybody's like, oh, the San Antonio Riverwalk. You probably have heard of the San Antonio Riverwalk. I've heard of the Spurs. There you go. Close enough. <laughs> Tim Duncan, he's the best. Um, the San Antonio Riverwalk stinks. Uh, <laughs> I, like, I, I don't think it's worth visiting. It's like, it, it's like a whole like man-made river that's just like got like coyote ugly and the hard rock cafe next to it. Um, <laughs> like it's for tourists. It's not yeah. very fun. Um, what I, what I do think is notable about San Antonio, uh, again, as somebody who's spent some time there, not a local, not a native is that to me, I think San Antonio of the major Texas cities, excluding the ones along the border. Uh, I think, San Antonio is a place that has uh, has the closest ties to the Hispanic community where you can see that influence the most. You can see that in the Mercado where you can go shop and buy all, and it's this wonderful uh, sort of like flea markety kind of a vibe, but it's um, a really cool, uh, all kinds of really cool stuff to shop. I, I, incredible place. Like when we at uh, my wedding, we had all kinds of uh, uh, paper flowers and uh, papel picados, which is another sort of uh, very colorful Mexican uh, paper decoration. And a lot of that stuff was all bought by my wife's family members who went into the Mercado in San Antonio to buy them. Uh, Serapes, those sort of colorful Mexican blankets that you think of, that kind of stuff. Um, also, great Mexican restaurant in San Antonio, Mi Tierra, another wonderful place. Not as good as Ninfa's in Houston. Also very good, though. Um, and again, I think once you're in San Antonio, uh, if you can get to the hill country outside of San Antonio, uh, that's where it's really beautiful as well. Um, uh, that's that's a great place to, to visit as well. Um, I think... I think Oh, sorry, my dog's barking there. You can leave no that worries. in though. That adds a little. That adds a little <laughs> pop of color to it. You mentioned briefly the the border towns, but we haven't talked a lot about the border yet. Uh, can you tell me? Have you ever visited the border? Or what do you know about that area? No, so I've never. So so I've never been. Um, and that's when I was talking a little bit earlier about how how Texas is a place where I spent a lot of time 
and also a place where they're, uh, relatively speaking, there's more that I don't know than I do, way more that I don't know than I do. Um, and part of that is, is that is, is South Texas and West Texas, um, which are these beautiful and really wonderful parts of the state that I've always wanted to visit. Uh, Becky's, uh, my wife's family is uh, originally from, from the border. Um, Becky's grandparents are uh, on her mom's side are probably the best way to describe it is, is they're, they're Tejana, they're, te, they're Tejanos. Uh, they are, I guess, ethnically Mexican, but um, you know, the border gets drawn where the border gets drawn and all of a sudden you're in Texas and you're not in Mexico anymore. Um, and so, uh, you know, for a while uh, during prohibition, I know my wife's family uh, was, were smuggling tequila across the border in from Mexico. God, they're doing God's work. That's important stuff. Uh, and and uh, they settled sort of in, in the Rio Grande Valley, which is sort of way down at the very Southern tip of, of uh, Mexico. That's like, Brownsville, McAllen, Rio Grande City, places like that. That's places where, um, you know, like Spanish is very often the first language, the only language spoken in the home. Uh, it's, it's this whole, and, and it's, uh, you know, there's this border that kind of runs through it, but at the same time, uh, you know, it, the border is sort of this artificial thing where, People go, you know, people go back and forth to work, to eat, to to shop, to do whatever. Uh, I, I think that uh, that part of the state is really beautiful. It's it's got this sort of like that thing where it's really desolate and really beautiful. Uh, and then I think that that the relationship between the United States and Mexico, in all of its sort of complexities, is. I think probably best illustrated along the Texas border, you know, maybe, maybe in places along the California border as well, but it's uh, along the Texas border is really where um, the two, the two countries really sort of fit together like a jigsaw puzzle, I think more than in a lot of other places. Unfortunately, I think we only have a few minutes left here. Can I ask, um, is there anything else about Texas that you haven't uh, shared or talked about that you wanted to make sure our listeners knew or understood? Uh, I've, I've always been fascinated by going to Big Bend National Park. It looks beautiful. It looks, it's so remote. It's right along the Rio Grande River. There's canyons along the Rio Grande River. You can, uh, you can sort of like wade across into Mexico. There's places... Um, I don't know if they do this anymore, but I've read about um, places where you can take where there's people who operate little little ferries across. You know, they're like little they're like little rowboats or whatever. They take you across the river to go visit these little Mexican border towns that are right across the river from Big Bend National Park, uh, and it just looks so beautiful and so uh, different from so many other national parks. And I think it gets a really uh, a really unique place and as somebody who at one point in his life was very outdoorsy. Uh, it's something that I'd really love to, it, it's the number one place I want to visit. And I think it encapsulates a lot of the sort of interesting parts of Texas where I've never been. Well, let's do it, man. Sign me up. I want to go. Oh yeah, brother. Let's go. I'm all about it. That's a verbal contract. You can't go back on that. If you put this, if you publish this, that's a verbal contract. There's a lot of witnesses. 
Well, thanks so much for being on the show, Lewis. This was a lot of fun, and I feel like I learned a lot about Texas and your opinions of Texas. It's great. Harrison, you know what? Anytime you want to go down to Texas with me, I'm all about it. Let's go. Let's have a good time. We'll we'll drink a lot of Lone Stars and eat a lot of tacos. Thanks again to Lewis for being on the show and to my dad, Neil Stammel, for the theme music. <laughs>